acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, everybody. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show Hour 3. A lot to discuss here, and I wanted to jump into something that we uh, were talking about before. VP sweepstick. But I actually wanted to start with the one, the one weak link, as I see it, in my still stalwart, I am not moving off this theory, but my theory or very strong belief that Joe Biden will be the Democrat nominee, barring a health issue, that there is no plan that will go and replace him, that the Democrats are going to be able to pull off between now and the election. The weak link in all of this, Clay, is Joe Biden's vice president. The The challenge here is, under any other circumstances, if you had a mediocre Democrat member of the Senate. If, if you had a, you know, mid-level range in terms of name recognition, like, like the governor of, I don't know, you know, Massachusetts or Rhode Island or something, and that was the VP, then I would think that they're probably going to replace, um, Joe Biden with that VP going into this, or at least there'd be the possibility of that happening. But instead they have Kamala Harris. She was on The View yesterday, and this is cut two. She just wants everyone to know they should be really, really scared as heck about Donald Trump. What are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck, <laughs> Yeah, which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run for office, either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. What does that even mean? First of all, is that really a thing without an opponent or scared? It sounds like something you'd say in a boxing match, maybe, is that you're supposed to run scared in politics? I've never. Have you ever heard that before? I mean, I get it in the context of it's almost like take every opponent seriously, right? The old cliche. I I don't. I, maybe I'm weird in this, Buck. I don't fear defeat. I, and I don't mean that like, 
I want to lose, but if I, if you lose a race, then you go on and do something different than the job that you were basically auditioning for. So I, I don't, um, the, the whole idea, if you're sitting VP and I do think, Buck, this is very calculated because yesterday Kamala Harris went on The View. They had a whole PR strategy built around ABC News where she did a soft focus interview and they're trying. I just really think, I, I love thinking about PR people because I think many of their jobs are total BS. Like they don't really do a lot. My general sense on PR. But I love them thinking around and like tossing ideas around in the White House because here's the thing about PR. Ultimately, you can only do good PR for people that are actually talented enough to have good PR. And Kamala Harris is not talented. And I just, every time I hear her speak, I think we also have a cut where she tries to talk like we got to remind them of who brung it to them. And it just sounds so fake. Everything that she yeah. does sounds like some sort of AI-generated m- mashup of what a real human would say. This is four. Play cut four. We have to earn the reelect, and we have to communicate what we have achieved. Yes. And, and that is going to be one of our big challenges. We've done a lot of good work. We need to net, let people know who brung it to them. We've done a lot of good work. Who... Brung it to him. First we got to let people know who brung it to him. Like, why do you want to talk like an uneducated person in a way to talking? I mean, it's it's disrespectful in some way to say, oh, we've done a lot of good work, but now I have to talk like a stupid person to make stupid people understand how good of work we've done. No, you know, uh, that's actually not the way that you're going to connect with people. And the reason why people don't think that you've connected with them and done a good job is because. Really, it's just about prices, right? Like, when you go to the grocery store, you pay 25% more than you should for everything. And that is why people are convinced, rightly, that Joe Biden has been a disaster on economic policy. Everything costs way more than it should. And your paycheck, you're not crazy, your paycheck hasn't kept up with the pace of the cost of goods. I think that Kamala Harris is the least talented politician this isn't do i agree with her or not i'm talking about democrat republican the least talented politician at her level of politics that i can think of meaning you know relative to being the vice president of the united states you know you you look back a heartbeat away from an old guy from an old guy being theoretically in complete charge right like we're not talking about like her being the vp for a 45 year old fit and strapping guy right uh, I'm just saying she's she's a particularly weak politician, and it just goes to show you how powerful the pull of of uh, DEI was to the overall Democrat narrative in 2020, where uh, until you know you basically had in the early stages three white guys were running away with it, right? Or I should say two white guys, Bernie Sanders and uh, Pete Buttigieg in the Democrat primary. So they you got the Clyburn seal of approval on Biden to get him through, but Kamala had to be a part of the bargain because it's the DEI approach to things. What has she really been in charge of? Nothing. They tried to make her in charge. You know, vice presidents can be designated, and we start to use this term czar, which I also, you know, they have nowhere near the powers of a czar, but, you know, they, they start to say, 
what's the portfolio of that vice president? Because just go back to John Adams, right? The earliest days of the Republic. He's like, this is the most, I can't remember the quote. Garner, I think one of the turn of the century, last century. Yeah. It's like if you're, if you're the, if you're the understudy for the big Broadway production and you don't actually have a part in it, that's not that fun. So sometimes they, uh, from all my experience on Broadway, um, but sometimes, uh, you know, you, you get a, a vice president. Look, Dick Cheney, let, let's compare this. Dick Cheney was accused, accused, and maybe there was some truth to it, of being something of a policy mastermind in the Bush White House. So not all, they were saying that he was pulling the strings on Bush. It wasn't really true, by the way, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, but he was certainly very involved and was, was counsel in the room. I mean, I remember when I Bush, sorry, when I briefed Bush both times, Cheney was right there next to him in the room, in the Oval Office, on national security issues. So he was involved, right? There are vice presidents who play a bigger role than just the job description. Same with different advisors and stuff, right? Kamala has played almost no role. And every time she goes out in public, it turns into basically a lot of right-wing laughter about the latest thing that she said. I've never seen somebody at her level of politics who is as bad at this. And I know she was a senator. I know she was a state attorney general for the biggest Democrat state. Pure machine politics. No actual skill or talent involved. I would say in my life, the only vice president that I have heard ridiculed on the level that she's ridiculed is Dan Quayle. And that was unfair, actually. That was a media concoction of he's so dumb he can't spell. Dan Quayle got... That's why I, that's why the idea that, that Kamala Harris tries to say, oh, this is about my race and my gender. I would say, well, in 1988, Dan Quayle was George Bush Sr.'s vice president and he got attacked probably far nastier even than Kamala Harris has. But those are the only two. I mean, people disagreed with Dick Cheney and, uh, but I don't think people thought, oh, this guy's super incompetent, right? Cheney was a smart, capable guy um i can't remember anyone in my life some of you out there who are older may remember somebody getting absolutely ridiculed on the same caliber of level but buck this goes to uh and we'll play some audio here in a sec but this goes to there's no way democrats ever thought this was going to happen their plan i really believe was joe biden is a one-term president and he is handing, he would have handed it off to Kamala by now. And she, she has been so bad that Democrats have said, my goodness, Biden is a better odds on winner than she would be. Do you agree with me, right? That there's no way they anticipated that Biden would be running at 82. They thought Kamala is yes. the future. She will take over after she one was supposed term. to rise to the position. And, and that was the, I, I said that, uh, before you and I teamed up, Clay, I would say that on air that the whole plan here is to have her. Biden will do one term and she'll take over. Um, I, I think that it's interesting to see how if you had had Biden, let's say, do some kind of a power sharing ticket with Bernie Sanders as the VP, obviously it doesn't help with the age issue at all. But would they want Bernie Sanders to take over? I think they know Bernie Sanders would get crushed in the general. You start to look at who on the bench that they had, though, who on the bench in 2020 for the Democrats that ran in that uh, ran in that primary Elizabeth Warren, maybe? Uh, She's also older. Uh, Amy Klobuchar, I think they might have been able to try to massage her into... Again, Mayor Pete is going to be the answer of a lot of people, but he's gay, and black guys won't vote for him, and nobody will even mention it. He has no political future. 
and I, I, well, I also don't, I really don't think that his, usually if you're the transportation secretary, you get to just say, yeah, I was a cabinet level official. It's and just everyone's on like, the resume. Yes. Yeah. And, and everyone's like, oh, well, like I drove on highways and they were there. So I guess everything's okay. Or, you know, I flew on a plane and it didn't crash. So I guess you didn't do a bad job. I cannot, how many of you right now can name Three of the last four, two of the last four transportation secretaries. I don't think I have to sit here and really think it through. Pete Buttigieg is the most famous transportation secretary in recent memory because he's really, really bad at the job. Um, and, and was on paternity leave during the biggest I, supply chain crisis since like the 1970s. So yeah, I think he's hurt himself. It was supposed to, you notice this Kamala, Pete Buttigieg, they were supposed to get positions that are almost ceremonial. To elevate their brand and elevate their, right? Their visibility. Yeah. And they couldn't even do those jobs without actually destroying. That's why they have to go with the Democrat old guard, Biden and Warren and Bernie. And this is why the general reason for paternity leave is to help your wife recover from the very incredibly difficult job of birthing a child. Neither he nor his husband had a child. And the photo to me that should have ended his political career, when they climbed into the delivery bed and posed, you remember this photo? And yes, posed for a photo, the husband and Pete, neither one of whom, I think most Democrats would even have to acknowledge, are biologically capable. Could have been photoed, photographed anywhere. Why would you get into the hospital bed? Neither of you were admitted to the hospital. If you're posing next to your wife, who just expansive here, you can get in the bed with her if she would like after the hard work she's done delivering a baby. Do we even know who delivered their baby? And they're sitting there in the hospital bed side by side. And then he took like no, six the, the, weeks the, the paternity whose, leave. Whose womb was, uh, yes. I, mean, I think they went rented, to a surrogate, basically. was rented, uh, is cast aside and has, you know, the, by the, you know, the Pope just came out very strong. I know only some of the audience here is Catholic and, you know, so that's fine. But the Pope just came out very strongly against this this practice of surrogacy, surrogacy, where you're buying access to someone's womb for a period of time, and you know, it's uh, this is going to be something that I people mean, talk about even more. I feel fortunate to have been in three different delivery rooms and have gotten to see it. I cannot imagine if I had been like to my wife, "Hey, can you get out of the bed so I can sit in your delivery bed." And hold the baby for me one on one with a picture. I mean, imagine like, if you went around, or if you went around Clay and you ignored Laura and you were just like, yeah, man, man, that labor I just went through was really hard. People would think you were crazy. Yes. And the biggest, and the biggest jerk on the planet. Like you're getting your picture taken again. If you guys didn't see this picture in a hospital delivery bed, two gay dudes, neither one of whom had to do anything other than just stand there. Look, I get. Like it's 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 kind of tough to watch because it is stressful and you feel bad for your partner. But there ain't a lot of work for the guy, right? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, here we got an easy easy ride when it comes to kids. I, that's where I just I he I he lost me completely. I was like this dude, and not to mention that he took six weeks during the friggin' actual biggest supply crisis. When was the last time you took six weeks off from work? I haven't taken six weeks off from work since I started working. I don't think I missed a day. Uh, And, like, you can say I should have taken days off work when my kids were born, but I'm maybe a little bit old school like a lot of other people. It's like, I got to keep working and make a living for the kids. Like, I was there for the delivery. I went to work the next day. 
Now, again, people can say that's not, you know, get taking enough time for the baby and everything else, but I'm old school in that respect. I think that, that dads who are physically healthy should go to work and keep making money for the family. I just, and especially if you have a really serious job. You know, I do freaking radio. It's not the end of the world if you or I aren't here one day. If you're in the actual administration, can you imagine if we had a president who took six weeks off for paternity leave? Like, what are you even trying to do? It's crazy to me. Absolutely crazy. Uh, I want to tell you guys all about my guys at Prize Picks, uh, and get them hooking up. Speaking of making money, uh, trust me, give you my picks for who I think is going to have really good or really bad games relative to expectations. You can go in, you put down $10, you can win back 100 bucks, you can win back 250 bucks. Just makes the games a little bit more fun. Go check it out right now if you haven't already. Get signed up so you're ready. Hopefully, I can give you guys another winner next week. Prizepicks.com slash Clay. This is fun, particularly if you're in California, particularly if you're in Texas, particularly if you're in Georgia, states where you haven't felt like you can make the picks that you want to be able to make. This thing is nationwide. You can find it pretty much everywhere. Go get signed up. Whatever deposit you put in, they'll match. You put in 10 bucks. They'll give you ten bucks for free to play with to make your picks. You put in a hundred bucks, they'll give you a hundred book, a hundred bucks, up to a hundred bucks. Website is again prizepicks.com slash clay. If you like football at all, trust me, just go check out this website, prizepicks.com slash clay. Use my name for the match one more time, prizepicks.com slash clay. 24, a new podcast from Clay and Buck covering all things election. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes 
to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Quick turn here. We're going to play Don Jr. uh, talking about the idea of Tucker Carlson. We mentioned that Elise Stefanik, congresswoman from New York, who blew up the presidents of Harvard, of MIT, and of Penn in that congressional hearing, has surged now in the betting markets to become the favorite, passing Christy Noem. What do we think about these as it pertains to Trump VP picks and a little bit more on New Hampshire? That's all still to come. We will dive into that here in just a few moments. Also take some of your calls, 800-282-2882. You know, I want to talk to you for a minute about a podcast series that's going to entertain and inform you about our nation's history, and it's worthy of your attention. If you're a podcast listener, a history aficionado, you're going to love listening to a podcast called Our American Stories. It features stories about America and its people. You'll learn about Americans who've made their mark in the arts, sports, business, and education. These are stories of true entrepreneurs, pioneers, adventurers, all contained in the daily episodes of Our American Stories. Every day, you'll discover three to four stories that inspire, inform, and entertain. On today's episode, you'll learn about Tom Ross, a Green Beret, and how he transitioned to civilian life after the war. You'll also hear the story of the man who witnessed the assassination of Abe Lincoln, an unknown story through the eyes of Washington's superintendent of police. Our American Stories is all about ordinary Americans who do good and heroic things each and every day. Download and listen to Our American Stories on the free iHeartRadio app. That's Our American Stories. Check out this podcast wherever you get your podcast. To VP or not to VP? That's is the question, Clay, that we are asking now about a, a bunch of different possibilities here, given the ascendancy, it seems, of the Trump primary into the Trump general as likely, not yet a fait accompli, uh, but a likely possibility, or a likely scenario, I should say. Um, this came out, though, and we, we it did catch our attention because we're, of course, sitting here saying, wow, this is the kind of thing that I feel like might have been discussed on the most brilliant radio show currently on the airwaves. Uh, the possibility of instead of going for a traditional VP candidate, politician, etc., to be at the bottom of a Trump ticket, to go with somebody who would bring a little extra panache, a little, a little wow factor, a little bit of a media sizzle to it all. And, Tucker Carlson is that name that was pushed out by us to uh, Don Donald Trump Sr., the former president. Well, his oldest son, Don Jr., was asked about this, and this is what he said. Around DeSantis, could I see you're never going to rule out someone that is, you know, a leading contender. It doesn't mean that's who you go with. I could see other people that would be great. I'd love to see, you know, a J.D. Vance. I'd love to see a Tucker Carlson. I'd love to see, you know, people who are just principally, uh, you know, in alignment as well as, like, aggressive. I, you, you actually need a fighter. The Republicans in Washington, D.C. are weak. You can have the House, the Senate, and they'll still roll over. It Don, matter. is your dad serious uh, about Tucker Carlson? Are those rumors serious? 
I would imagine, you know, listen, that's clearly, it would be on the table, right? I mean, they're, they're, they're very friendly. I think they agree on virtually all of these things. They certainly agree on stopping the never ending wars. And so, you know, I, I would love to see that happen. And, you know, that, that would certainly be a contender. Certainly a contender on the table. He has discounted other, or other people have already been discounted from the VP consideration. Clay, what do you make of this one? I, the reason why I like Tucker, and we talked about it on this show, we talked about it, we raised it directly with Trump when we were with him in Mar-a-Lago in November, and he said, yes, I'm going to be considering it um, as a part of that discussion with us. I agree with what Don Jr. said, and this is the, the, the ultimate argument that I made. You need a brawler. You need somebody who can take on the media because you're going to deal with a rigged media that I think is going to make 2020 look like child's play. I think they are going to roll out uh, the next level of dis- dishonesty in 2024. Is there a next level, though? And I, I mean that in all Well, I mean, you, is there... I, I mean, the next level to me is you're trying to put the guy in prison for the rest of his well, life. Well, but that's not so, the media so much as it is the No, system, but the media right? the is carrying the water to argue that that's necessary for democracy, right? The stakes, to me, are even more elevated in 2024. And I just want, I want a barroom brawler. You know, Mike Pence is a nice guy. Mike Pence would feel awful if he told a reporter, I, I think, I, based you on my... Guys, uh, have you guys made up, gone to an SEC football game not, together, had a little chat, you know? We have not We have not uh, hung out since he was. he's still unhappy about his performance on the show. But Mike Pence, I think, would genuinely feel bad if he reamed out a reporter. I don't think Tucker Carlson would. And and I think sometimes you have <laughs> I, to... I know Tucker Carlson yeah. wouldn't, in fact, yes. Right, but I think that's necessary. I think you have to turn the uh, camera onto the inquisitors, as it were, and show how biased they all are. I like Elise Stefanik. I think she's super smart. I don't know, because that's... She's now the lead. Uh, she's not that uh, conservative, but okay. She's now the lead, uh, if you look at the odds market. First up is Elise Stefanik. Second is, uh, is, uh, Christy Noam. So the, the, the gamblers out there seem to be betting on Trump is going to pick a woman as a VP candidate. Um, and the third is Nikki Haley. Now, purely on a analyze what the impact is of Uh-oh. this. Get okay. ready for this impact, everybody. And remember, Clay is the one who is about to be speaking. Purely on the basis of what could I gain from the VP. Let me pre- preface this by saying I love Tucker. And also, Buck, I've said for a year, pick somebody who's going to win you a state. Uh, that all right, seems all right, to be we know, we know. Right. Le- lean into it, Travis. Don't let me these push are you. The uh... three, these are the three top contenders according to the odds market. Elise Stefanik is now number one. She has p- passed Christy Noam. First time we've seen a new person. You want to talk about number three? Talk about Two number three. Two is Christy Noam. Three is I think Nikki Haley would help Trump the most in the general election. Oh man! At Clay Travis on Twitter. All right. And some Clay of you Travis. are like, "Oh my God! How dare you!" You know, that's my. Uh, oh my, my God! My favorite how is when you? I get yelled at for your things because he, ne- okay. <laughs> he never he never tweets at them. That's actually my fault. It's always on. You know, they're like, uh, "You got to stop doing the thing that you said." I'm like, "I didn't even say that." I think that at the general election, if you are trying to appeal to suburban moms, and by the way, every time I say this, I get deluged with suburban moms who all say, this won't work for me. Okay, I understand. 
the suburban mom community is expansive, right? The reason why I focus on suburban moms is if you go look at the raw data, Trump didn't lose the vote anywhere except in the suburbs of Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Phoenix, Milwaukee, all of these places, Detroit. I know these areas pretty well. I've traveled around to a lot of them. I'm married to a suburban girl from Oakland County outside of Detroit, right? Still have a lot of family there. That is a toss-up region. If you're going to appeal to the moms there who are not super engaged in politics, they're not the audience that is listening to us right now, I think Nikki Haley appeals to them because they think she is like them. I'm not saying that she is the greatest pick from anything other than all I care about is winning, right? For better or worse, I'm like Al Davis, famous quote for you, Buck, in sports, just win, baby. Winning is all that map. DJ Collin, who lives down by you now in Miami, might be your neighbor. He's a, he's a smart man on, on several counts, it seems. Uh, look, um, I, I don't think the I think, I don't think Haley, the VP, of those three, yes, I know. if you're picking a woman, I think that's the play. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem that, that people are going to have with that is, of course, that she is simultaneously a, uh, a, a woman who all the things you said, I think, apply. She may appeal to, to women in suburban areas of the electorate that are very important for Trump to win. However, she is also the preferred candidate of the Mitch McConnell GOP establishment. Get it? I get and it. And that's, that's the part of this that's going to really be tough and win. Uh, I think he'll, he'll make whatever decision he makes and the party will fall in line behind him on the VP thing. Cause I, I also don't believe, well, actually, no, that's not true. I usually am very skeptical of how important a VP pick is for the election and also for the course of the presidency. This VP pick would in many ways uh, put somebody in a position to be a top contender to run for president in two years, to start running for president. And, you know, theoretically, right? But yeah. you could have somebody, if it were Nikki Haley, she's looking at all the committees and funding and paperwork to run in 2028 by 2026. It's pretty quick. Let me Let me also point this out. Trump has such a strong hand right now, and I think you would sign off on this too, when he picked Mike Pence, it was designed to d- deal with a weakness of his candidacy, which was evangelicals did not trust Donald Trump in 2016, right? There was skepticism about how committed he was to the evangelical community. Not a guy, I think it's fair to say, that a lot of people think about walking around with a Bible in and out of church. Still, to this day, I would say a common thought, right? But I don't think that concern still exists. So Mike Pence in 2016 was a pick that Trump made to solidify the support that he was going to have going forward. I think Trump has the luxury now of having such a strong relationship with his base that he could pick Tucker Carlson. He could pick Nikki Haley. He could pick Christy Noam, Elise Stefanik, any of these people, and I don't think it would change the base's opinion of him at all. That is a luxury that he has in 2024 that he did not have in uh, 20, uh 2016. Um that part of it is true. So we we shall see um do you want do you want to go down right now on the record who you think the VP pick is going to be? I think it's going to be oh man. I think it should be Tucker 
Okay. That would be my number one pick. I think he would be a, uh, just absolutely incredible advocate for Trump, the best possible version. I think he's going to pick a woman, uh, because I, I think he thinks that that's going to help him in the, uh, in the campaign. And I think he's going to end up with Christy Noem. Well, this is kind of boring because I think he's also going to end up with Christy Noem. So there you go. If I, if I had to go with it right now, that would be my guess. So we're both in, we're both in so, the boat together on this one. Yeah. And let's, let's point this out. Um, not that people watch the VP debates or even that we're going to have VP debates. I don't think that Christy Noem would lasso. It's a very good uh, use there given Look at the fact that. he's always a riding. South horses. Dakota reference. Yeah. I don't think that Christy Noem would lasso Kamala Harris and sort of throw her over her back uh, on the uh, on the horse and ride off into the sunset. I think Elise Stefanik could absolutely crush Kamala Harris in a head-to-head battle. So if that's your analysis, if you want to scrap her, then I think Elise Stefanik would be really, really good at it. If you want a, you know, sort of... Hey, I'm picking a woman because it's making me seem less of a uh, misogynist. Then I think Christy Noem is going to be the pick. We shall see, everybody. Take some of your calls to close us out here in a second. So 800-282-2882 on those lines. Email inboxes. They are a treasure trove for cyber hackers. These hackers look for your confidential information. It's the kind of uh, stuff they can use to steal your identity. They're smart, these online, online thieves. They send you bogus emails that look very much like the real deal. Their phishing scams have gotten sophisticated. So even if you can usually catch these with your own eye, sometimes it can slip through. Next thing you know, you clicked on a link, your email files have been compromised, and you got a big problem. This is why you need LifeLock. It's important to protect yourself. You can do that securely with LifeLock. LifeLock detects and alerts you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like crimes committed by thieves pretending to be you. And if you do become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work with you to fix it. LifeLock makes it easy. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use promo code B-U-C-K for 25% off. Them as conservative radio hosts. Now just get to know them as guys on the Sunday Hang podcast with Clay and Buck. Find it in their podcast feed on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my from this idea of what do, is that? Is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Final segment, Thursday edition. We're going to have some fun with you tomorrow on Friday as we get ready to roll into the New Hampshire primary. Got some great audio already that we've pulled. I wanted to go ahead and play this because I mentioned that we asked Trump directly about the idea of Tucker, and that would be my pick if I had to pick one person who made the most sense for him. Here's what Trump said when we asked about Tucker back in November. Would Tucker Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? I like Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I'd say I would because he's got great common sense. And reports have been, in addition to Don Jr., who we played, that Tucker is one of the favorites of Melania Trump. Um, and I'll just point out, being one of the favorites of uh, of the wife, uh, probably has some impact. I mean, it seems, remember when Trump, this is actually pretty funny, when Trump blamed Melania for the Dr. Oz endorsement, which to me is one of the funniest, uh, Trump comments ever. I think he said it was probably not her best pick. Like she had been lobbying him on Dr. Oz. And as soon as Dr. Oz lost, Trump was like, well, that was Melania. That wasn't me, which I thought was really, really funny. A lot of people reacting to, uh, the VP discussions that we just had, Buck. Should we take some of these calls to close up shop here Absolutely. on the, uh, on the program? Bob Who you got? In, Bob in St. Louis. What's going on? Yeah, there's two names that you guys have left out that I think Trump is not going to pick anybody that you've mentioned. He's going to come from left field. Female, uh, I think it's Winston Sears, Lieutenant Governor of Virginia because she'll deliver the patriotic American and veteran vote and she's a black female. And if you're going to go with male, you're going to go with somebody younger. It's going to be Josh Hawley from Missouri because he has hammered Merrick Garland, Mayorkas, everybody, the media, the January 6th committee, and he's young, and he can do eight years behind Trump. I think those two are on the short list. If they're, they're going to throw names out there that just to tease him, but the people that he's really going to pick is going to come from left. I think those th- thank you for the call. I appreciate the idea. Everybody can toss out all sorts. I think the idea that he's going to pick the lieutenant governor of Virginia, regardless of who the lieutenant governor of Virginia is, is not going to happen. You're going to at least have to be a congressperson. You're going to be a, a governor or someone who is so prominent everybody would know. You know Winsome Sears because you pay attention to politics. I would bet she has a 
5% name recognition. By the way, the favorites right now, Buck, I think I misspoke a second ago. Uh, Elise Stefanik right now is the favorite according to the gambling markets, followed by Christy Noam. Vivek is actually in third place. Tim Scott has bumped up a little bit. Uh, and then Nikki Haley. That is the top five. Um, and, uh, and then there's a pretty substantial drop off. And then you have Carrie Lake, Robert Kennedy Jr. And DeSantis would be the next there's year. That's no the top chance. seven. It's going to be Robert Kennedy Jr. Well, what, what are, it, there's no chance that that's going to happen. I think there's he no chance it'll be Carrie Democrat. Lake as well. If Carrie Lake were the governor of Arizona, I think she would be the pick. I, I, I would, would say. Would you want to leave, would you want to leave the job of being governor of Arizona in her first term to be VP? I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, I think given that Trump only is going to have one term, and to your point, whoever true, gets yeah. picked is going to be that's the fair. leading candidate starting about 27 yeah. you, to be we, president. We can strike what I just said from the court record. I think that's probably <laughs> fair. Um, let's take, uh, Tim, the surfer in Huntington Beach. Tim, surf's up, hey. man. Hey, Clay, it's a, Clay and Buck, it's a, it's, it's an honor. Uh, before I go into my obvious VP pick, I'm, it's 74 degrees here. I'm sitting out on my patio with my dog, Reagan. I can smell the salt. Uh, the Beach Boys saying a song. You were, you were making people who are freezing to death right now incredibly right jealous. You and Buck with your beach life and your 75 and 80 degree temperatures right now. Clay, it's too muggy in, in Jacksonville or ta- Tampa. Uh-uh. I'm in California, and uh, my pick for V. For VP, I say it's a no-brainer. It's Christy Noam, and the only time I ever made a mistake is when I thought I made a mistake. <laughs> Thank you for the call. Only time I've ever made a mistake is all the time, according to my wife. Um, so uh, I, I, there are a lot of them. So people out there are like, I can't believe you said so and so. That's so weird because I used to think that I was always right, and now that I'm married, I have found out that I am more often wrong than I am right. I had no idea that my whole life, 42 years. Buck, have you gotten to the married man stage yet, which if you haven't, you will, where you don't even make the decision that you think you should make. You make the decision that you think your wife would make if she were you and you still get it wrong. Like you're not I, even like at some I'm point, trying. that's where you head. This is this is husband 4D chess stuff. I will say, though, I never thought in life that I would have to smell so many different foods out of the fridge to determine whether or not they've gone bad. My olfactory sense is getting very, very uh, specialized. No matter how much they are, uh, I'll tell you tomorrow. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, 
acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.